Hello, welcome to episode 1163 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, April 14th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Not too bad. I know it's very early over there. Relatively early here, but uh, ready to kick off a nice Friday. How are your teams doing? My teams are still doing fairly well. My uh, auction championship team is first place in my league and fourth or fifth place overall. You start getting that feeling, man. Like, oh, man. What if? What if? But, like, it's still way, 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 way too early. Like, just, like, it it doesn't really matter. It just makes you feel good uh, that your teams are doing well. How about you? How how are your teams doing? Banking good stats early on. My team's are terrible no it, it's a mixed bag you know i've funnily enough i got some gladiators that are doing all right and i say funnily enough because the one that's doing the best like that sucker's dead i guess there's just no way it's gonna hang on but it is off to a really good start right now but i got like rysel iglesias on there um so i'm not getting saves from him obviously newt bar urias uh, cody morris on the 60 day i was my last pick just kind of like a gamble uh, so yeah, it, it, it's funny when stuff like that happens. But my main event, my TGFBI, still grinding. I'm out of like the the Uber seller of the uh, main event overall. Like if you scroll all the way down to the page, you can't see me, Ooh. right? Like you have to scroll back up a little bit to to find me at 770. Um, and again, listen, th- it, this sounds like I'm calling these people out. I'm not. It just makes me feel better about myself. Lindy Hinkleman down at 790. If he can be down there, why can't a scrub like me? So uh, the team's been playing a bit better, but it is like one step for two steps forward, one step back type of deal. Get some good offense and then Chris Sale pitches, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see how it goes, but at least uh, Lucas Giolito look good. I'm not going to run down my whole team. I'm not worried. You know, we talked a few different times uh, over the course of last year about how I lamented to you where I was in june you know well beyond Mm -hmm. here like down at the bottom like this is still a pretty good team dude i don't understand why it's doing so crappy and ended up getting back up and at least being in the mix there until kyle gibson ruined it so there's plenty of time still grinding and frangie week has worked picked him up because of the uh the big righty barrage that the yankees were facing he hit two homers like two homers four ribbies from a pickup he doesn't have to do anything else even I'd love yeah. if he has, has a nice weekend, but you get that from a $21 pickup out of a thousand fab, like you, you don't need any more. So I'm already pretty happy about that, but let's get into some stuff here. We got some news to talk about some of it's bad folks. I'm sorry. And then we'll get into the two starts. Jeffrey Springs, he had to come out, uh, older neuritis. I believe I'm saying that mm-hmm. correctly. Sounds heinous, uh, you know, stuff like that. So some of the medical terms for things always make it sound like exponentially worse than it is. I'm I'm led to believe by reading some things that that's not quite as bad as, as maybe it sounds, but it's not good either. And when he, when he threw the pitch and came out, it was like, he kind of looked down and I thought hope I was hoping it was like his hand. He's looking at his hand for like a fingernail or a blister because then that's like, okay, might be some time off just for it to heal, but no big deal. But then on the second replay, you could see he was looking at his arm. And then it was like, oh boy, here we go. Forearm and, you know, kind of like doing, shaking it out type of thing. So it's not good. He is headed to the IL. I mean, they haven't said for sure, but I have to believe 
I mean, it, it all depends on what the imaging. So I did a little bit of okay. research because I was like, I, I don't know what this is. I want to know what it is. So ulnar neuritis is kind of like, it's it's like when you hit your funny bone, right? Like that's, oh, the, I mean, that is the active, that the activation feeling. of that nerve. Um, and so that's what he was feeling. And he was trying to like work it out of it, you know, by like pumping Because that's a hand. terrible feeling. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I hate that feeling. So, it, I mean, it all comes down to what was causing it. It, is it in you know inflammation that was causing it? Is it a torn UCL that's causing it? We won't know until we get an MRI. So okay, it so could, not necessarily head to the IL. Yeah, it could be nothing, you know, or it could be something really really bad. So I think we're just gonna have to wait. I'm assuming the MRI will come today, and we'll have more information the next day or two. It would not surprise me if he hit the IL, even just as a precautionary measure. Yeah. Especially uh, with a team like the Rays, who are known for being cautious. They're not going to push anything too crazily. Yeah, so I would expect Taj Bradley to be back up pretty quickly. Yeah, so that's the thing. Taj Bradley came up. We were going to talk about him anyway, um, even though he had been sent down. Obviously, we had to talk about his debut. Big-time prospect. Came up, pitched well, goes immediately back down. My guess is probably the standard fifth starter thing, where it's like, okay, he could come back later. Uh, anyway, but because they didn't need a fifth starter next week, we'll, we'll see what happens. So he could be turning right back around from Durham and coming right back up. Struck out eight, allowed three runs over five innings. You know, I like that he made it five innings too because he hadn't really been pitching all that deep in his minor league uh, starts. So I was like, oh, well, we'll see what happens here with Taj Bradley. What did you think of the start? And then we'll talk about how we feel about him this weekend. Obviously, that's going to be difficult to pin down a number until we know if Jeffrey Springs is on the IL. But what do you think of Taj Bradley's debut? I thought it was pretty impressive. I don't think the, like the ERA, you know, it's a 540 ERA for that one start. Like I don't think that's really reflective of how good he looked. Um, he just kind of got dinked and dunked a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, his question has always kind of been command, or at least it's been command the last couple years. Uh, I mean, he was widely considered one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, and then last year had a little bit of a homer problem uh in the in AAA so that kind of hurt his stock a little bit it uh, seemed like the classic though with Bradley to to for, to fix my control i'm just going to kind of live in the zone mm -hmm. and maybe it'll cause a little bit of a home run issue because it is like fixing the command and again we talk about the differences between command and control he showed more control last year maybe lost a little bit of that command now he's trying to put it all together and you know it it could be it could be magic because he can miss a ton of bats he looks great i mean he's got that uh he's got kind of the chris archer swag that that was that was the vibe mm -hmm. that i got from him of just like he he knows he's good right early career archer knew he was good went out there had the confidence and bradley looked great again hard to know exactly where we're going to be with bids so let's start with if jeffrey springs goes to the il where are you at on Taj Bradley in 15, 12 and 15 team leagues with your bids? I Probably two separate bids, but where are you at on Bradley with a, an IL stint for Springs? Ooh, man, it's hard because it depends on what kind of IL stint it is. Like, is this a end of the season IL stint? Because then I think triple digits comes into play. If it's like, hey, it's just a little bit of inflammation, I think I'm probably in the $50, $60 range out of $1,000. Mm -hmm. Um 
I'm really trying to stay away from the triple digit bids though, but this is one where it could become really, really valuable, especially because of the strikeouts and just how good the team race are like, they're are awesome. you going to have a better, per, you know, potential to win games on any other not team right than now. the Rays? They don't lose. They, have they literally do it. not lose. Yeah, what, what a run, by the way, too. Like, I, I don't care that they started with a bunch of crummy teams. That happens every year. Some team yeah. gets to play crappy teams. And we don't see 13-0 and 0 every year. So just enjoy it. Like, it is objectively cool. I, I don't want to get caught up in, like, well, they played this team. Who cares? Who cares? And then they're beating the Red Sox now too, right? So it's mm-hmm. like the Red Sox aren't a terrible team; they're not the best, but like they can they can beat any team. Yeah. They, they, we knew they were a good team coming in. They did take advantage of their schedule. They played who's in front of them, and starting thirteen zero is objectively cool. We don't see a team run out this big every year, so it's not as simple as the schedule. They're great. Um, so okay, let's say there is no IL stint um, for Springs. But Bradley comes back because they don't want to start Josh Fleming or something. Um, or, or, or let's just say he doesn't come back yet. He hasn't come back this weekend. Are you 50-60 at that point with Bradley? Or are you more of like... I'm probably more of, yeah, 30, maybe 40, man. This is out of 1,000, by the way. I think, you, I think you should still put bids in on him, even if it looks like Springs isn't going to the IL. Because I think... I think Bradley's going to be back, and I think he's good enough where he can force his way to stick into that rotation long term. Um, and yeah, because yeah, sorry, because even if Eflin comes right back, Fleming, I, I mm-hmm. mentioned Fleming specifically because he should not be holding out Taj Bradley from a consistent spot. And so I think even if they send him back down because of the fifth starter thing, once they see that that Bradley is the dude, and like. Fleming's core skills have been fine. He has a 458 BABIP that's kind of hurting him. I'm not saying that he's the 643 ERA that we've seen, but I also don't think he should keep Taj Bradley out of a rotation spot. Yeah, I, I don't either. So uh, I know Tampa Bay tends to be really conservative with their young guys, especially their young, young pitching, but I also think they may start, you know, they're going to get swept up in this 13 and 0 type start hey, to begin with. Like, Jump on it, man. Like they still a tough division. Yeah, this is this is not a team that is gonna always have shots at World Series because of their payroll. So like, if you got a shot like this, why not have your best team up? Like, why not have guys like Taj Bradley, Kyle Manzardo, and uh, Curtis Mead in on this major league team? Uh, if if this is really a year where they could take a real run at this, so uh, well, they, they don't need those hitters right now. No, I, they don't. I still, but, I'm not sure that Manzardo gets to make much of a impact this year. I mean, we'll see what happens with injuries. It's nothing against him. He's already raking again at AAA and, you know, being right there knocking on the door. It's just like, they, they're such a good team. They they have quality bench players even. And a lot of their guys are, are raking right now. Um, Curtis Mead's a really interesting guy, but Isak Paredes is, is doing fine. You know, he's been great as Brandon Lau and I love it. Oh he looks my healthy. God. Yeah. He's on, he's on his game again. It's like five home runs in like last six games. That's yeah. a bummer for me. Cause I'm, I've always been a big Brandon Lau fan, but he didn't buy back in. I had a hard time with the back issue. Like it just, I, there was so little news about it. Like, yeah, it was really a hope and a prayer that he was healthy. It was just one of those where it's like, I mean, he's playing, you know, or we're not seeing anything to the negative on him. And it's like, if you bought, if you, if you like Brandon Lau, you buy back in that, that he's 
that he's ready to come back. So I don't know. I got him in some uh, some winter leagues like draft champions, gladiator. Nothing, nothing crazy. I wish I could have gotten him in the main, of course, because he's killing it. But I like that Brandon Lau is back and smoke and he's got to stay healthy too right he's stayed healthy for these games but we don't know that that's going to guarantee him a six-month run of health but it is good so Taj Bradley be careful not to get too caught up in, in the bids and I think things will probably get a bit out of hand if uh Springs goes to the IL and it's like yes he looked great or it looked pretty good and yes he can be great during the given year but I don't think that he's necessarily like a quote-unquote league winner first off there aren't many guys who actually are a league winner. We throw that term around a lot too. Um, and I just don't know that Taj Bradley for, you know, a five and dive, even if he is consistently up would necessarily be somebody who would win you your league. If you need pitching, sure. Be, be in on who doesn't on need him. pitching right now. I mean, like, yeah, right, that's so many guys are, are, and there's nothing on the IL. Yeah. I'm on, on the waiver wire. I should say it's like, it is sparse, especially in 15 teamers. Uh, let's talk about Orlando Arcia. Broke, fractured wrist. This sucks. Obviously, he's going to be going to the IL for a good bit, and Vaughn Grissom is going to be coming back up or coming up for the first time this year, but coming back to the team with Arcia. I think you can go ahead and cut him in situations where you don't have many IL spots. Um, if you have a free one, even if it's like a three IL, sure, go ahead and hold him if you want. But it's almost certain that Grissom's going to be coming back. It actually isn't official yet, so of course stay tuned. But he was held out of Thursday's lineup, and that of course fueled all the speculation that he will be the guy who's called up uh, to to cover for Arcia. With Von Grissom possibly coming back up, he's he's kept uh, he's held on to in a lot of leagues, so there isn't going to be a ton of Von Grissom availability. Are you ready to buy in on Von Grissom? I I would imagine that he's going to play, like even though they had the concerns about him as the everyday shortstop, and that's why he didn't win the job. They're not calling him up to not play him, right? Do you think Erie Adrianza is going to be, you know, like the full-time shortstop and Grissom going to mix in, or is he going to get in there and play play short? I would be really surprised if that was the case. Like, I, I think he's he should be coming up to play. Like, I, I, I don't know how he gets better at defense, which is his one kind of, uh, you know, issue. Uh, if he's not actually playing. So I can't imagine they're bringing him up to sit him on the bench. Uh, maybe he doesn't play full-time. Maybe he plays like, you know, four out of, you know, six games a week. But I think he's playing pretty darn regularly uh, if they're bringing him up. So I think he is a must pickup. Uh, he's heavily rostered too. So it's going to yeah. be shallower formats where you're going to find Vaughn Grissom back out on the wire. It's only available or- in like one of my leagues. Yeah, like um, nine, 88% at TGFBI, 96% in the main event. Uh, what's weird, and this is, I guess, dead teams, 29% and 36% started. What? Wow. Yeah. 29% at TGFBI, 36 in the main. Maybe because Von of the Friday, Friday, pick, or Friday moves? Maybe. People are I, I expecting. Hope, I hope it's that, because otherwise... What are we doing, folks? Yeah, uh, you're, you're you're being you're being clowns. Forty-eight uh, percent rostered at Yahoo, so a bit more of a coin flip availability there. So if you are in the in shower format, ten twelve team, how how aggressively are you going after Grissom, assuming he is indeed called up? Well, just like pitchers are all hurt, uh, shortstops are all hurt too. Like I my my auction team that I'm doing really really well in, I lost like Seager and Kyle Farmer on back to back days and don't have a shortstop for the weekend. So, um, 
if he was available, which he is not available on that team, I would be really, really aggressive. Uh, I'd be, I would be in that kind of triple digit range to try to get a guy that I think could be playing uh, pretty regularly on a great team and has shown the ability to hit at the major league level. Uh, I mean, I'll pivot to, you know, Edward uh, uh, Julian. Edward Julian. Yeah. uh, But yeah, I think I would be pretty aggressive. Uh, You know, probably $50 plus I think is uh, what you're looking at. Uh, in a thousand, thousand row five league for for Vaughn Grisham. Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely like he can he can be a bit of a game changer. Obviously, he's got power, speed. Uh, he didn't go down because he can't hit. And yeah, like that's that's the simple fact of it. It was all defense related. Um, he held his own beautifully in a tiny sample at the major league last year. Uh, he's gone down to AAA and hasn't missed a beat. Ten forty four OPS with a homer and two steals in his 10 games at AAA so far. So, yeah, you got to be aggressive on Grissom, uh, particularly if you have direct need there and he is available. Cole Irvin was optioned by the Orioles. Of course, this is really more of a deep league thing. He's not drafted in a ton of uh, shower formats, but like AL only, deeper mixers he might. But it's not even so much directly related to Irvin because it's been pretty terrible too, so he's probably already cut. Anyway, it's what it means for the rest of the folks. Uh, namely Grayson Rodriguez, if you are worried like, oh, you know, if he can't defeat Oakland, is he going to get sent back out? I think his spot is more secured with Kyle Bradish working his way back. I think he has a rehab start today. And then Tyler Wells sticking in the rotation when Bradish comes back as well. Because now if you take out Cole Irvin, I know Spencer Watkins, I believe, is coming up. I think he's going to be a him. long man. But yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he takes that job. I think they're going to go Gibson, Grayson, Kramer, Bradish, Wells, those mm-hmm. are the five. So what do you think about, first off, well, I don't think we need to talk about Grayson, right? He's rostered. If, if he's playing, you're starting him pretty much yeah, unquestionably. So I kind of want to focus a little bit more on Tyler Wells, who's now back in the rotation. Didn't get a spot out of camp. One of those guys that you might have overlooked him because the 425 ERA might have made you miss the 114 whip, which is pretty good. Only an 18% K rate. But he had an 11% swinging strike rate, which really makes you feel like he can have more of a low to mid-20s strikeout rate. Uh, nothing crazy, but I think it could be in that, you know, again, the shorthand on swinging strike rate is to double it for an expected strikeout rate. So he can be like 22% strikeout rate, which isn't too bad, especially if he doesn't walk guys, has a good whip. He's looked great so far. Uh, he filled in for Bradish, Tyler Wells did, right after he got hit in the foot. So that was his first big outing, which was essentially a start. He went five innings of no-hit ball. And then his first actual start was against the Yankees. Six innings, four runs, six strikeouts, zero walks. Four runs in six innings is not a good ERA, but that's not a terrible outing against the Yankees. So Wells has looked good in 11 innings. With Irvin out, meaning that that should secure Wells' spot with Bradish returning, is Wells somebody that you're looking at picking up? Uh, I think it kind of he, – he's – what I would call a team streamer in deeper formats. And probably, That's what you would call it. Is that what you would, you made that, that phrase. I love that. Did I say that I would call it? Or, I don't know. Yeah. You said it as though you made it up. Oh no, I'm no, messing no. around. I'm teasing oh, you. I'm no. teasing you. I'm, I'm tired. Uh, yeah. It's so, it's so early out there. You're the, you're the one who chooses eight o'clock. Yeah, I know. Well, it's because I have to be at work at eight. I know you have, you have to go time. To so, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. So Justin can quit his, his day yeah, job. Exactly. Uh, all uh, right. So yeah, 
Tyler Wells, I, team yeah. streamer. I do agree with that, by the way. Don't cut him. And what, all we mean by that is just a guy that you, you only stream him, but then you don't cut him back out into the pool and let other people get a chance at scooping him mm -hmm. when you're not using Tyler Wells. Yeah, because, I mean, he does tend to have homer problems. Um, yes, with that, with that control. Again, going back to the control versus command, he fills the zone. He doesn't have the best command. Yeah, so, uh, and then even with his park protecting him uh, yeah. you know a fair amount he still has a homer problem he gave up two home runs in his first uh first start uh against uh the yankees uh so like we know those command issues can still be there but he is a really really good pitcher when the command is working well for him uh and we've seen extended stretches for tyler wells where he's able to have that command in check uh and be a productive uh starting pitcher so I do think in deeper formats he is a team streamer, and in uh, in shallower formats he's a like a, a traditional streamer, a guy standard that, streamer. Yeah, it could probably just you know come off your roster when you're not starting him. And let's see real quick. Next week, Tyler Wells is slated for. They only have five games. Uh, he gets Detroit, so I think he is a pickup everywhere right now because even with the traditional stream, yeah. you're definitely streaming anybody against. My sweet, sweet Tigers. God, they're so good at baseball. Such a joy to watch. Love them. Uh, you you conjured up the name Edward Julian earlier, uh, referenced him, and he's called up for the, for the Twins. Interesting prospect. We got to see it at the Fall League. Big-time OBP guy. If you're in OBP League, he's definitely on your radar. This dude takes his walks for sure. And he, uh, he batted leadoff yesterday. So he's had two games. Batted eighth and then leadoff, both against righties too. So it wasn't like a righty lefty situation. He just got moved up on his very first day. He got promoted early. <laughs> I don't know if uh, he's going to consistently bat leadoff, but with his OBP, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to bat at the top of the order pretty regularly. He's an interesting fantasy guy because I don't know, you know, if there's a, like a ton of power. Um, he does have some speed though to mix in with his decent power. I think we could see something really interesting here. He's not one of the bigger names out there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Julian could make an impact. Do you think he's up for the long haul with the Twins? Edward Julian, that's E-D-O-U-A-R-D, Julian. I think he could be. It's hard because, like you said, this is a really weird, interesting profile. Uh, he is maybe the most passive hitter that we've seen come up from the minor leagues in a long time. Uh, we're we're talking like this guy has never had a walk rate below 19% at any level in the minor leagues, as long as you're not counting like the, you know, 30 plate appearance sample we just saw at AAA. Yeah, it was only 18% at AAA those years. Hey, swinging's hard, man. He's yeah. not up there to swing. He was in the um, home run derby at the yes. Arizona Fall League, and I was sure he was going to take a walk. Like, it's just like. Yeah. Oh, we were all joking about that. Like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to get like five walks mm -hmm. here. And it was also interesting because he's not a traditional power guy. He was a little bit of an odd fit there. Mm -hmm. Not that he can't hit some bombs, and he did. He had a handful. But because he is more of this like super patient top of the order guy who can get you a few bombs, but also can get you some steals. He's been double digit steals everywhere as well. So I wonder if Julian could go double, double while scoring a bunch of runs on a solid twins ball club. He, he doesn't really pro. I mean, I know he's stolen bases in the minor leagues, but he doesn't really profile as like a really fast guy. Um, at least don't need know. speed right yeah. now. Yeah. Apparently I mean, not. You, you, actually, here's the thing. You never have actually needed true blinding speed or even yeah. great speed. Good. You're a smart base yeah. runner. 
you can steal bases. So he is more of that guy than a burner. You're right. Like mm -hmm. his speed grade is 40 on, on our sheet here for Edward Julian. So it's like, I, I agree with that worth pointing out, but with the rules, the way they are right now, I can see him yeah. taking advantage. I, I and, have a couple of double bases digits. this year. You do. So, yeah. Um, well, you still have off Syndergaard though. So those barely, those barely count. His swing has actually got some pop in it. Um, and I think we saw on display in spring training and then uh, last night when he hit his first uh, major league home run, um, like when he does swing and, you know, barrels of the ball, like he can go a, a, a far ways. I think he's, I think Julian's biggest issue is defense. Is he going to play good enough defense to hold down that job? And the Minnesota Twins, unlike some other organizations, are an organization that really prioritizes good defense. We see it in the outfield with a lot of their guys. So uh, if he can play well enough defensively at second base or maybe even first base, um, then I think Julian can stick. If he can't, then it doesn't matter how much he's getting on base. He's not going to stick around or at least not so play. Donovan Solano has been playing first base yeah. in Joey Gallo's absence. I guess they don't want the 35-year-old Solano over at second because, I mean, he used to play some infield back when he's kind of a utility-type guy because um, you wonder if maybe a switch would be in order there. But I guess they don't really have – they're going with the younger guy and hoping that Julian can figure it out. Julian definitely strikes me as one of those guys who would have really benefited from the shifts that could have covered some of his defensive deficiencies. But now, obviously, with those limited – He's going to have to show a bit more range or else he's going to be missing plays. But uh, remember, he came up because Kyle Farmer got hit in the face. Very scary moment, by the way. That was mm -hmm. so, so rough. He took he took all of it. Uh, so with Polanco and Farmer on the IL, that has created the opening for Julian. And yeah, he does need to play defense right now because again, DH is locked up by Buxton. Uh, they're playing Michael A. Taylor out there in center so that they don't miss a beat defensively. And if Solano's going to take first, then it, it does put some pressure on Julian. And I should point out, uh, he gets a 30 grade on the fielding. So that yeah, is a deficiency defense, and a worthy point. He's very much like a modern day Daniel Murphy, though Murphy never walked that much, um, yeah. where he just, he was good as bat and let him play. But he wasn't good enough at any defensive position to like really be the guy at a defensive position. Um, even when he was playing full time, uh, exactly. So, uh, which is my fear for Julian is that his defense is not good enough to keep him on the field. Well, here's hoping that right now they just don't have much of a choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, Willie Castro is the only infielder that they have on the bench, Garlic and Walner, and then Jeffers as the backup catcher. And Willie Castro can probably hold hold the position defensively, but he's not much of a hitter. So it's like the trade off there. And so far, two starts for Julian. We'll keep an eye on it, see if he plays all three games on the weekend. I don't know if they have any lefties coming up or not because he is a left-hander, so there might be a situation where we'll see if he platoons with Willie Castro because that would also cut into the interest of him. They're, they do have Nestor Cortez today, so we'll get some insight at least for the short term. If he sits against a lefty, Julian does, that might give you some insight that he has. he's defensively challenged and he's going to platoon maybe you temper your bids a bit but offensively i like him i think it could be kind of interesting in 12s and up uh kenta maeda is going to have his start skipped and uh looks like they're going to have a spot start today for louis varland i think this is just you know maeda returning from tj 35 years old extensive injury history 
Is there anything actionable for it with you, though, with regards to Maeda getting skipped? Oh, and also, do you like Louis Varland at all? I don't really care about Louis Varland that much, but this is definitely a little bit concerning about Maeda. Like, considering he kind of left that first start uh, with the the arm fatigue, Uh, he's coming off a TJ. Now we're only three starts into the season, and they're skipping a start. I think at best you're looking at a guy who's going to be heavily managed. Um, but surely you had to know that there was going to be – it wasn't going to be a what? traditional no, season no. for Maeda coming all, in. No. All, all the analysts out there were telling us that they're just going to let him go. He's a free agent at the end of the season. He's, you know, 35 you years old. You probably like, said that. I did not say that. It's, I, I said that I sounds exactly like something you would say. From Kenta Maeda. Um, it's what I don't I know. Said. Okay, here's the thing. I, I I don't I don't recall what people were saying or even what I was saying. But like I do. I'm not going to call them out by name, but I I remember who they were. Okay, but like they were never just going to let like he, what does letting him go mean? 120 innings. Like the one thing about Kent Maeda is he doesn't go deep. So if that was a the piece of advice, people should have known to never like take that for anything more than like okay, well then maybe he gets to the the 130 innings that he can pitch. You knew with the price that, like again, I think this is covered in the price too, though. I, I mean, I coming think off it, of TJ, it was, it was so a, cheap. So I, I don't know. Frustrating. What, what, like this is like especially if you're down a starter or two already. Well, then don't like, draft TJ guys. I you shouldn't. Draft I know you TJ don't. Guys. And like, I, I, yeah. yeah, we talk about it all the time. I almost exclusively don't. You know, Verlander was an exception I made because he's Verlander. He's a unicorn. He's a true ace. But you know. And uh, like somebody like Turnbull, who I did like with the eighteen month layoff, thinking that he might come back and be a bit, bit more. Turnbull uh, looked better, a bit last less night. susceptible. He did look better, but he, I think, even he with the uh, bigger layoff, it's not like they're immune. I just feel like they can have a, a better, uh, a longer leash. The, with the, the problem is, anytime a unicorn does what unicorns do, everybody goes. Well, now we can start doing this with everybody, and so like that's you, insane. I know, but it happens all the time, right? Like. Ronald Cunha comes up and just crushes from the get-go, and now every prospect's going to succeed. Uh, you know, a guy well, like mean, Verlander, Cunha, but last year's rookie class in general, yeah, I think put put. Well, we've had a this few year's... rookie classes in general that like have come up and been like you know like just great from the get-go, but then everybody's like, well, then every top prospect's going to succeed, and we forget that the majority of prospects are more like Jared Kelnick when he first came up than they are like, you know, Julio Rodriguez. So how's Jared uh, Kelnick doing so far? He's doing pretty well. I'm loving it, but I'm still, I, as much as I, I jokingly took a, uh, April victory lap on Twitter. Uh, you, like, you should I'm not st- have tweeted that. You, I, you are messing whatever. with the like, gods, man. I'm having fun. Like it's fantasy. I, I, what I tweeted right I after, which is like, you know, if you think it's stupid to take an April victory lap, it's also stupid to play a game about virtual fantasy managers of a, of a virtual fantasy baseball team competing against other fantasy, virtual fantasy managers of a fantasy baseball team. Like, sure. The whole premise is stupid anyways. So, like, why I not mean, have fun with it? There is having fun, but there's also, like, declaring rights and wrongs after small sample. But, and all we talk about is, like, Is anybody taking samples. me seriously? Like just in general, is anybody? Oh no, but seriously, no, oh, much that less than get this. Thrown, that that oh, tweet will get thrown back in your face if he, okay. if he flops. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't I, listen. I know like superstitions are fun too. 
I don't want to tempt the baseball gods and start taking, uh, start start trying to take dubs. Um, Nick Senzel's activated for the for the Reds. Does that do anything for you? I I want to see how much he's actually playing through the weekend. Um, like, the, is he going to be playing full time? Like, there is still talent somewhere in the corpse of Nick Senzel, but like, it's still a corpse at this point. Like, he played started center field yesterday. Um, batted sixth. Lefty. Yeah. Yeah, against the lefty. Good, good to point that out. He is a right-hander. Let's see what their schedule looks like this weekend. They get Philly. They're continuing with Philly. It's a four-game set, so they get right, left, right. Walker, Strom, Nola. So if you start, what if he starts all four? If he starts all four, I'm going to be really, really interested. Um, but at this point, we're just we're just picking up Nick Senzel based on his prospect pedigree. Like he has done nothing at the major league level at this point. To warrant nothing us. in a while. He, I mean, didn't he have a good like first season? Like first I mean, half 14 of our first good season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, 104 like, games, 12 steals, 14 or uh, 12 homers, 14 steals. But again, that's 2019. Yeah, um, it's been it's Rabbit been a ball long year, time, right? and and like, it was a bad WRC plus. Like it was a bad line. It was just some fantasy juice. He mm-hmm. had an 87 WRC plus. His career WRC plus is 73 for Nick Senzel. Thousand yeah. thousand plate appearances. So I mean, at this point, we're just like hoping that he can find something but i'm not i'm not banking on it and i'm likely unless he has like a really big weekend i'm not picking him up probably it's a single digit bid for me yeah single digit bid at most i have six il guys you know i i can't yeah I, to, uh... i've got a couple teams where like and the thing is when when you have teams where you're decimated by injuries what you need more than anything else are guys that play. And so if he's not playing in all four games, then you're probably not registering on my team. Exactly. So keep an eye on Senzel, see what happens on the weekend. Of course, if he goes out, hits a couple homers, steals a bag, that price is going to go through the roof. So then maybe you want to pause because of that. So we'll see. I, I, I root for him, but I'm with you. It's single digits even in the deeper formats. Even if he has a big weekend, it's single digits for me. And if somebody wants to pay big, have fun. Let's talk some two steps. Next week, see if we're starting them. Um, Merrill Kelly and Dre Jameson, this is probably more for shallow formats. I think in deep formats, you're definitely starting these guys. But they both get at St. Louis and home to San Diego. Merrill Kelly, you know, he had to face the Dodgers twice to start the year. That's a tough draw. And Jameson back in the rotation, immediately getting a two-step here. How do you feel about these guys in 12s and below? Because, again, I think 15s and up, you're, you're easily starting Kelly. I'm probably Jameson. staying away from both of them just because the matchups are so tough. I mean, the Cardinals look really, really good. The Padres are really, really good at the top of that lineup. I, I'm probably not messing with it. I just feel like this is – a you could get destroyed in one start or you could get destroyed in two starts. And I, I, if, if I'm starting guys who are a little bit questionable, which I think both these guys are um, outside of like 15 team leagues, uh, I, I want to feel pretty good about at least one of the starts. And I don't feel good about either of these starts. The tough part is, and we talked about it, like there's nothing on the wire though. So I want to go on some guys that I can actually feel somewhat good about their skills. And I definitely feel that's the case with um, 
with Dre Jameson. I'm a big fan of his. Merrill Kelly, he's kind of is who he is. And I'm a little bit concerned that he has four walks in each of his first three starts. Again, he got the Dodgers twice and then Milwaukee. And he only walked, or excuse me, only gave up one hit against Milwaukee. So the four walks didn't sting as much as far as the whip. But yeah, 12 walks now and 15 in the third. That's kind of bizarre for Kelly. I don't know. I think they're definitely in the upper third quarter of my list of of streamers for this weekend in shower formats and i think i would go for jameson specifically and i'm a little bit more tepid on kelly because of the walks and the two teams that he's facing um what about oh god chris sale and Corey kluber they get the angels and at milwaukee i mean again i think um with sale 12s and lower because i think in 15s you have to right i mean is there a world where you're sitting him in a 15 chris sale <sighs> I mean, I think it depends on my other options, but probably not at this point. I mean, I think unless I think, you drafted the best pitching in the world, you, you, yeah, you can get shit. To, unless you got really lucky at the back end of your rotation, yeah, you're, you're in. You're probably in a position where you've got to start Chris Sale. I do not feel good about it though. Like me I neither. I haven't watched his start yet from yesterday, but um, <laughs> he's not looked good yet. So um, maybe this is just early season. Don't like the cold, or I don't know, but. Uh, right now, one of them was in a dome, so yeah, I don't give a shit about the whole. I'm feeling, that. I'm feeling pretty good that I just there were there was always somebody in my draft that liked it more than me. Um, even though I liked them, like I, I'm not gonna pretend like I wasn't advocating for Chris Sale because I was. I just never ended up with or didn't end up with him in a lot of my kind of later leagues, uh, which are my big money leagues. So, uh, yeah, I think you're probably rolling with him, but this this is this could be painful. I, I agree, and it's it's tough, you know. And one, in ten and twelves, you should not be starting him, benching him. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably benched. I think in in a ten, you can cut him. Like I, you know, in a twelve, it's I'm still probably benching I'm up. I, I know it's still Chris Sale. It's still three starts. I I don't know if I'm ready to cut yet in a ten. Really, 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 really depends on who I'm picking up. Like, would you would you cut him for Bradley to hold Bradley in a ten? If I knew Bradley was getting a start, I would. Oh, I would not do that. Even if I knew that, I think that's that's a little much. Uh, what about Kluber? All formats. I'm not starting him in any format. Okay, I think that's completely fair. Just wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, oh, my boy Hayden Wesneski is off to a rough start um, at Oakland and Dodgers, though. So one great, one bad. I do think this is the classic. If you can't start him in a two-step, then he's a cut this weekend. Especially when one of them's at Oakland. That's what I'm saying. Uh, And I know the other's at the Dodgers. But if you can't do this. The Dodgers aren't the offense that they were. So, like, I mean, it's not like this is, like, a guaranteed blow-up. It it definitely could be because, I mean, Max Muncy Muncy has started to get uh, Yeah, they're they're still good. Again. Yeah. Let's not pretend that they're bad. They aren't the, the supercharged, right? We've, we've yeah. said things like they're not the Avengers or whatever, but they're still very good mm-hmm. and still scary. But you have an at Oakland here that hopefully Hayden Wesneski can get right there. The, That's the best remedy. They're like the Avengers at the beginning of Endgame. There's like, you know, they're still pretty good, but like half of the. Uh, half They've of been the, damaged. Yeah, yeah, half the team has like turned into sand and, and blown away. <laughs> Spoiler alert, dude. Oh, sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Wesneski struggled in Cincy, and I was like, okay, that's all right. First off, um, 
you know how I feel about Cincy's offense and going there. I'm like, okay, they haven't been killing it yet, but that's still a tough place to go. And I watched that start and I was like, okay, he wasn't great, but I wasn't really daunted by that. But then he got absolutely mollywopped by the Cubs. And yes, he got, or excuse me, by the Mariners, he's on the Cubs. He got off the hook a bit by five of the runs being unearned. But it wasn't one of these where the team screwed him type of deal. He allowed nine base runners in an inning and a third. And yeah, the wind was blowing out. And, you know, maybe that caused some of the errors. I actually didn't get to watch that when I only watched the first start with Wesneski. But it was really, really bad. And so you got two really bad starts here. But I think if you still got him in 15s and you believe in him, you start him this week or you make a cut and you start picking up some of these other guys that we're going to talk about or other guys that are on your wire. That's that's where I'm at. I, I do think he is that classic. If you can't do this, this two-step, you might as well just move on. He's fallen behind in counts, which is really killing him because it becomes more predictable when people know that he's got to come back into the zone. He's got a 45% uh, first pitch strike rate. Uh, that's got to change. He needs to get more aggressive early in counts try to steal strikes uh, in order to set up pitches later on in the at-bat. I think that's a great point. And we saw that from Wesneski last year and in spring, and he's had issues so far. It's only been two starts. It's a guy I loved. I'm sticking with him. I'm starting him where I've got, got him. I understand if you're not, though, and you're moving on, just be committed to the move, though, and, and say, mm -hmm. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm go getting off this train early. Uh, Hunter Gaddis is not particularly special or anything but it's at detroit and miami so deep leagues uh, at detroit home to miami it's deep leagues where you're scraping and you really can't find anything how do you feel about a hunter gaddis stream here oh man uh, i don't feel good about it but like i can understand like taking the gamble on gaddis in uh deep performance because the matchups are so good mm -hmm. um but like there's not much in the profile that that tells you like hey this is a guy that's gonna like really go out there and shove for you you're not gonna get a ton of strikeouts to begin with and then uh there bad teams can still sometimes hit like we see it all the yeah. time like you know especially if you give them free passes which yeah. i know that that's not gaddis's issue but i i feel like you were kind of referencing like grayson rodriguez mm -hmm. walking the a's a bunch and then they they got to him yeah like I think I echo everything you say. If you're looking for a stream and your wire is barren, I get it because these are two good matchups. And if you look at the three starts that Gaddis has made, he got beat up by the Yankees and the Mariners, two good teams, and then he worked over the A's big time. One hit, six innings of scoreless ball. These are A's level type teams with the Marlins and the Tigers. So I think you take the shot. He should definitely be in your list. If, you're, if, you're, if you need some pitching, I doubt you have too much available on your wire. I think Gaddis at least makes the list, doesn't have to be at the top. He's giving up a 92% zone contact. That's is that, a, that is a lot of contact. I mean, he got blasted by the Yankees and, and the Mariners. Again, so two good teams torched Gaddis, and he torched a bad team. These are bad teams. You are holding your nose if you do it, though. If, if, if you miss out on your first X number of guys and you end up with Gaddis, you're like, ah, dang. Well... Here's hoping the matchups. This is how streaming works, though. You take advantage of matchups. That's yeah. that's what you're going for here. That could be the case here with this other one, too. This guy's a bit more uh, um, established, don't get me wrong, but Kyle Freeland, because he pitches in Colorado, is scary. But he gets Pittsburgh at home and then a trip to Philly. I'd feel better if the, if the trip was somewhere else. But um, where do you come out on Freeland as a potential deep league streamer? He's pitched really, really, really well so That's why far. I put him on. And 
I still can't do it. Like, I just still can't. He, Freeland still is a Rockies pitcher. The other start isn't in a great spot anyways. I, I just feel like this is... This is feels like a trap, right? It's like that that gift from the the newer Mad Max movie where uh, yeah, Tom Hardy bait. saw like that's bait. That's bait. Um, nah, this or feels the like uh, bait. what is it? The Star Wars thing? It's it's a trap. Yeah, it, I, yeah. I don't know the characters in Star Wars. Admiral like Akbar. Akbar or something. Yeah, Admiral. I got. I'm proud of myself on that one because sorry, I don't know all those. But yeah, six innings plus and all of his starts. Trip to San Diego looked great. Two home starts. One against Washington. One against St. Louis. I think I'm putting him in the list, but it's obviously going to be lower because it is Colorado for Kyle Freeland. Him or uh, Freeland or Gaddis? You're not even putting him in the list, are you? I don't think either uh, Freeland or Gaddis are going to end up in in a lot of my list just because I think I'd rather have one start I feel good about than two starts I don't feel good about. I mean, I get it. But it's a barren wasteland out there. We're talking 15 teams for Freeland. I'm not even looking for him in 12s yeah, right no, now. Tens and, tens and 12s, you should be ignoring both these guys. Uh, but, yeah. But no, I think I, in 15s, I, I, I think Freeland has to make the list. Unless you just have a blessed wire. Like, okay, here, here's a quickie here. Um, the aforementioned Spencer Turnbull, who looked good in his last outing at least. Turnbull. Uh, Turn oh, okay. <laughs> Turnbull against Cleveland versus Freeland yeah, for two. Absolutely, Cleveland does not look good offensively. And okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. F- fair enough on that. And I, I, I like that you're talking a tiger up pretty nicely. Freeland is like I think he's better than you're giving him credit for, right? I, I know, think though, he is too. But the brilliant season is years ago, 2018. Course. So let's let's move that away. Course. I'm not messing <sighs> Streaming. with streaming. It's Pittsburgh. I, uh, I you know acci- what this is? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know exactly I acci- what this is. I accidentally left Jack Flaherty in my main event lineup. And you got lucky. You and I got so lucky, and I feel like I've used all my good Coors Juju up on it. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not messing with the year, The year I won my league, I purposely started Wainwright and Coors as kind of like a uh, – it was a gut read type of thing. Uh, you know, I, I channeled my roto gut, and I was like, I don't know, man. He's dealing right now. I'm I'm gonna go for this. It was early enough that I felt like if he if he faltered, I'd be okay. And uh, you know, same type of vibe where I was like, okay, I I survive this. I I need to be careful with my big risks. But I know exactly what this is. This is because you still think that Pirates' offense is is awesome, and so you think it's that the home start is awesome scary now without. Um, oh, I thought, said, I thought you said Philadelphia. Pittsburgh at home. Oh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh oh, is yeah, the yeah, Coors yeah. start oh. and then a trip to Philly. Oh, okay. Um, so this is because you think Pittsburgh's going to roll them at home. I just think Coors will roll, roll them. I just I know. Listen, it's Coors, and I always talk about I mean, early does, early not... early season Coors is not as bad as you know mid season Coors. But that's why I'm open to do. I don't know. He's pitching so well. I, I just don't think you can be that picky in 15s. Personally, I can't so it's think. like it, it's more of I'd rather start a middle reliever. That's I, that's just a bad take. I think. Give me Zach Jackson, who I think might be the next closer in Oakland. Yeah, but he might be the closer, exactly. That's yeah. a little bit different than just like a standard middle reliever who, you know, pitching the fifth and sixth. I'll innings. find somebody. I'll show you right. I'll show you my bids before, okay. before Bab runs. Okay. This is a uh, shallower play as well because it's uh, David Peterson and Tyler McGill. They're 15-team starts, but they get a really tough West Coast swing at L.A. and at the Giants. I know the Giants aren't killing it, but you get the Dodgers – and the Giants, two on the road. 
Um, how do we feel about David Peterson and Tyler McGill in 12s and lower? I feel or, a little or, bit. Or do you disagree with the 15 team automatic start? I think, though, I think 15 team, they're probably automatic starts, but you know what I mean? Obviously, depending on unless what you're blessed. Are, unless you're blessed, yeah. Uh, I feel a little bit better about McGill than I do about Peterson. Uh, the Giants hit lefties pretty well. So okay. um, I'm a I'm a little bit, uh, and they just got Darren Ruff back, baby. Uh, oh, now, now, now you're gonna start rough, kicking in the just the way your mother likes it. Um, just, just the way your mother likes it, Trebek. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I feel a little bit better about McGill um, if, uh, than I do Peterson, but uh, I think both these guys are in play. Even in your twelve-team leagues, if you're you know running low on options, like I'd, I'd start both these guys over Freeland over Gaddis. Uh, so, I think even twelves yeah. or tens where you're streaming. Yeah, if you're streaming in tens, I think that they're McGill and Peterson are in the mix. Again, the Dodgers aren't the Dodgers of old. Like they have you know holes in that lineup. Uh, you know that we haven't. We're not used well, to seeing them. They're still but pretty guys, good. I, I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're gonna get you're gonna get tweets on this. They're second in WRC plus. Are they really? Wow. Yeah, they are still. It doesn't like, surprise me. I mean, like it is it's still the, the Dodgers. The kids, the kids are playing well, and so are the grandpas. They got. Yeah. Uh, freaking Jason Hayward popping off. Trace Thompson doing it again. Somehow he's been their best hitter by OPS plus, and um, Outman and Vargas, the youngsters, are playing well. So they're they really they really are. Yeah, like, it's not the, the name. The hard value. the hard part too is like. Uh, the Dodgers are really good against lefties, um, too. Yeah, so I probably wouldn't start Peterson. I think Miguel, I still would start, but I probably okay. wouldn't start Peterson. Yeah, because Peterson gets, yeah, both both teams you say there are better against lefties with the Dodgers and the Giants. And by the way, the Giants are sixth in WRC+. plus. Now, that's something where, hang on, let me look real quick before I say it. Oh, no, they're actually fifth in Woba. I, I was wondering if, like, maybe because... WRC plus is like scaled to their environment, maybe because they play in a home park, you know, because like sometimes you'll see, oh, the Rockies are 18th in WRC plus, but they're third in Woba because the Coors penalty, mm-hmm. uh, not the case with the Giants. They're, the Giants are actually just hitting well. So these are a little dodgy, like they're on good team with the Mets. So that helps with the win potential, but there's probably going to be like, uh, okay, Kelly Jamison, one of the Diamondbacks or one of the Dodgers, one I mean, the, one of the, one of the Mets, one of the Mets. Really? Yeah. I still think I have Dre J above them both. I think I think that is just your personal affinity for Dre J. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. But like at St. At St. Louis, home to San Diego is better to me than at L.A. and at San Francisco. That's a scary I two-step. I don't think it's any scarier than St. Louis and, uh, and San Diego. San Diego is better than San Francisco. St. Louis scarier. is better than the Dodgers. I don't know. I mean, San Diego has, has been underwhelming. St. Louis is up there, top five. Uh, yeah. WRC plus. St. Louis San is Diego's... arguably the best lineup in baseball. Um, uh, yeah, the Dodgers. I, I mean, I I don't think they're like. I don't think it's like a clear like cut. Like I think you can make the argument either way. But I think I'm. I think I'd rather go with the Mets guys. These Mets could burn you. Be careful. They're both walking <laughs> a bunch of guys too. Clark Schmidt gets the Angels and Toronto. It's just an interesting situation where if like you're watching Clark Schmidt, you're seeing aspects of like how it's working well at times, 
but then it, it all falls apart. Like you'll see quality mm-hmm. at bats and quality strings of three, four, five, six at bats in a row, but then he just gets got, and it's it's wound up being pretty bad thus far. Ten and two thirds across three starts, bad ERA, bad ratios. But any love for Clark Schmidt here? You taking the gamble while he's his price is down, or are you out on Clark Schmidt? A combination of him and Cole Irvin ruined my perfect streaming record on the road to write up. Oh uh, man! Um, uh, the last two days, so I feel maybe I'm feeling a little bit burnt, but I, I'm starting to wonder if Clark Schmidt should just be a reliever. Like it, it, maybe he shouldn't be a starter. Maybe he just can't go deep in a, deep enough in a games where uh, and, and keep his stuff intact. So uh, I'm yep. I'm probably skipping Clark Schmidt. Yeah, I am too. And again, Angels in Toronto, not necessarily all that easy either. And I know the Angels aren't exactly popping off, but anytime you got two of the very best players in the league, and they and it's not just those two. Like they've got some other good players as well. And oh, they're actually better than I thought. They're eighth in WRC plus. So I undersold them a bit. Um, and then Toronto, I'm not exactly geeked to face them either. They're fourth. So this is a pretty tough two step. Clark Schmidt passed for me in deeper leagues. Bailey Falter gets the White Sox uh it, at the White Sox at home to Colorado, how do we feel about Bailey Falter? I think I'm going with this one. I think, you know, I think Falter can uh, pitch pretty well at times, and I like these matchups. You're talking about the Chicago White Sox that are missing two of its best players um, in uh, Eloy and Tim Anderson, and it doesn't, I don't know if Moncada is even going to play this weekend. So, uh, and then you're getting the Rockies away from Coors Field. Yeah, um, sign me up for this one. Yeah, I think this is a really nice one here with Bailey Falter. He hasn't really started missing any bats um, in his 15 innings of work, but he's walking nobody, literally a 2% yeah. walk rate right now. So there's lots to like, and if he starts to tick up the strikeouts a bit, and he's not like a huge K guy, but he can be a low 20s percent. He's at 15% right now, so you can get a few extra Ks from Falter. I think this is one of the more intriguing ones that we've got. Um, and what about what about in like 12s as well? You think Falter I think, yeah. has... Yeah, I, I think, think so I think, too. Yeah, I think you can roll with it. All right, and then what about Alex Wood? Again, I think he's another one where we're talking shallower formats. Definitely starting him. Henry wants to go outside. Uh, I think there's <laughs> definitely some starts, uh, automatic starts, essentially, if you have him rostered in 15-teamers. And he's basically fully rostered. So I think that's easy for at Miami, home to the Mets. But what about 12s and below for Alex Wood? Is he somebody that you would stream? Yeah, he absolutely would. He looked really good in his last start. Um and uh, you got to love the Miami matchup. And I'm not as scared of the Mets matchup until they start bringing up their young guys who are tearing it up in AAA, but not on their major league rosters. So, um, yeah, I think I'm rolling with uh, Alex Wood in uh, in most 12s and even some 10s. Yeah, I think this is a viable stream here. You get a great start with the Miami one. And then, like you said, you know, you take a chance against the Mets. It's definitely not easy to face the Mets, but I do I do think Alex Wood has the skills to stand up to any when Alex Wood is on, he does the matchup yeah. doesn't matter. Like yeah, he can exactly. beat the best teams. He's a good pitcher. You just worry about the health and getting through games consistently. And, and the Giants weird platooning other and, starting pitchers. Oh my God. That their weird pitching platooning, like we saw stripling out of the bullpen again the other day. And of course that dreadful defense is always scary. Yeah. But I do like this two step here, uh, because it's not a it's not a very deep week. That's it. Those are the guys. Um you got the two D backs, you got uh Hayden Wesneski, you got the two Mets, you got some Falter, uh Wood. A little bit of love for Wesneski, I think in, in twelves and, and above if you're if you're if you're bought in on him earlier. Sale, you're holding your nose, and then again, I'm more in on Freeland than you. But uh, no, Clark Schmidt, don't do that. 
Uh, Hunter Gaddis, you're, you're trying to avoid that. Deeper leagues, if you get stuck with it, sure. And Kluber, we don't really like anywhere, right? That was yeah. definitive that we're out on him. Yeah, he mm-hmm. just doesn't look yeah. that good. Great pitcher overall, had a wonderful career, but uh, not fantasy boxing. Nah, now he's just cash for the check. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he can still be like a major league pitcher. He's just not fantasy viable anymore. So, mm-hmm. all right, Justin, I'll talk to you later. Are you doing anything this weekend with Jason? I believe we are. So we should okay. be rolling. Excellent. All right, man. Have a good one. And I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.